Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that at this time of the year we get to focus more clearly on the gift of life you have given us through Jesus. And as we think about this life, we also get to see what this life looks like. Gracious Father, we pray that you be with us and encourage us. Open up our hearts and minds to what you're saying to us tonight and what it means for us as your church, your followers, your people who need your love and your grace, but also people you've called to be your grace bearers in this world. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Not quite sure about you, but I've had some times where I've had exceptional service. And some of those times stick in my mind. And they stick in my mind because people went out of their road to provide this high level of service. But as I think about most of the times I've had that high level of service, you know, quite a number of those occasions people wanted something from me or were getting something from me. For instance, I was paying or somebody was paying a lot for a hotel room. You know, one time we stayed at a particular hotel, and this is when Brooke was younger, and um, we went out for dinner, and then we'd come home, we were probably back in our room for about 10 minutes, and the doorbell rang on our, on our room, and there was a, a concierge sort of chap at the door, and he says, would you like a teddy bear for your daughter? And I'm pretty sure they knew when I was in and out of that room, and pretty sure that they knew that I had a daughter with me, And they went to care. They wanted something memorable. That's why they provide the exceptional service. But maybe you've also had exceptional service from somebody who hasn't wanted something back. Somebody you've known who's cared for you. And I can think of a number of people who have done things out of what I would call the goodness of their heart. Just wanted to, they'd ring up or they'd care or they'd give or they'd do something. Well, in tonight's Focus In tonight's reading, what we see is Jesus go out of his way to highlight that he is a servant. Now, let's put this into context. You know, if we think about this holy week that we've had, we start on Palm Sunday where Jesus comes in on a donkey and he comes and the sign of the donkey is supposed to be a sign of peace and humility. But he comes in on a donkey, but he's someone special. And so his 12 disciples were probably pretty proud to be part of him. A bit like the ministers are proud to be part of the Prime Minister of Australia most of the time. But he's come in and he's, he's there and he's gathered them around and he's called them for this special meal. And he actually shocks them because he begins by serving them. He begins by serving them. And tonight what I want to think about is Jesus serves us and shows his service to the, these disciples of his but also to us in a number of ways. You see, at that start of that, that meal, near that start of the meal, he says after he washes their feet, one of someone's feet, he says this, you call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do this as I have done for you. And as I think about that and reflect on that text, it kind of reminds me that no matter what position in society you have, you are still called to serve. You know, Jesus highlighted, he didn't say, I'm a servant, therefore I can't be 
teacher or your Lord, but I'm your teacher and Lord and your servant. So think about your own roles and think about the same situation you're in. No matter what position in society you have, you can also be a servant. And that really shocked a number of the disciples and it probably would have shocked a number of people who heard about this story later and thought, hold on a moment, God is someone special. He's the one that needs to be served. He needs to have servants running around after him. Jesus needs to have these servants after him. But what you see in this story is Jesus saying he's also here to serve. And Jesus serves us firstly and he does this today by focusing on what God is doing for us. That's how Jesus goes about servicing, servicing us. He focuses us on what God is doing for us. Now we heard the story of the Passover meal. And the Passover meal was a meal that they had gathered together, but it had a big background. The Passover meal was a meal that God had commanded the Jewish people, the Israelites, to celebrate every year to remember that he is the God who frees. He's the one who freed them from Egypt. Part of that celebration of that meal is to go through a number of things to remember that God is the one who is freedom from Egypt. And so what Jesus is doing this is he's reminding his disciples at that stage by gathering around the Passover meal to say, remember God is the one who frees you from frees you from sin. But then he does something at that meal. He creates what we call a new meal, a new meal called Holy Communion, where he brings us together with other believers, where he gives us forgiveness and therefore freeing us from the power of sin. And so when we look at how Jesus serves us, he serves us by focusing on what God is doing for us by giving us this meal, this meal that we'll, we celebrate on most Sundays, this meal that we'll have in a few moments. And it's not just a, a, a meal like I used to grow up as a kid and go, oh, what's the point of that? You get a little bit of stale bread and you get a little bit of wine that doesn't taste that great. What's the point of it? But as you go through the history, as you look at what goes on, about what this meal is about. It's a meal about bringing us together as fellow believers. It's about a meal of Jesus coming to us and saying, I love you and forgive you. It's about him saying, it's God at work freeing you from the power of sin. So as you participate in Holy Communion tonight, remember that, that you're receiving a gift from God that says you are freed because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And then Jesus serves us also by this action of washing feet. And I, I was looked at this history of washing feet. And this washing feet has both a spiritual and a cultural thing. People would wash their feet before they would go into someone's houses. But here's the interesting thing. Often the host of the house would say, I'll wash your feet. But what they would then do is go, Hey, servant, come over here and wash this person's feet. But what Jesus does, he does the washing of the feet himself. He washes the disciples' feet as a sign that he is a servant. And this practice has continued throughout history. And as I read through some of the history, there were some very ancient liturgies that had the washing of the feet as part of the communion service on a regular Sunday. 
And I remember being in one congregation, I said, let's wash people's feet. And half the church council said, if you do that, we're not coming to church. You're not touching my feet. And I felt like saying, I don't really want to. But the point was this cultural thing of how important it was to wash feet. And that is probably because they walked around in what we call sandals. They had dirty feet. They come in. They'd sit, not at a table, but on the, on the, you know, lay on the ground more than on the table. So their heads would be close to someone's feet. But the washing of the feet was always done by a servant. And here we see the same thing with Jesus highlighting as a servant. So no wonder Peter was like, no, 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 you're not to wash my feet. I'm your servant. Because he's starting to get how important Jesus is. But it's also an act of cleansing. And so let's think about that. Let's think about how Jesus cleanses our lives. How Jesus cleanses our lives when we connect with him through the scriptures. And the third thing, he doesn't just serve us and leave it at that. He actually has called his disciples and he calls us to continue his mission. And I'm not sure if he picked it up in the, in the reading that we had, but we have Jesus saying he's going to go somewhere and he wants you to continue his mission. His mission which highlights that God is this servant God, a God who serves, not a dictator. How many of your friends know that God is a God who serves and loves and he's not a dictator? How many people do we often hear? Today I had an interesting experience at the post office of all places. Um, I've got some new Bibles to give away that Bible Society have put out. Quite nice Bibles but a heavy box and someone in the post office had to bring them out from the back and deliver them to me and, and, and with that was coffee some coffee as well that I'd ordered. And they said, oh, these Bibles are heavy. And I go, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I said, I've got the two essential ingredients, coffee and Bibles. That's all I need. And she said, I'll have the coffee, but I won't have the Bibles. I, you know, if I step foot in a church, it'll probably fall in. Well, can I have a conversation, right? And I started saying, well, no, no, I won't do that. We're all the same at all. All that will happen. By this stage, I turned around and instead of three people being behind me, there was about 30. So, But this idea that God is about this oppressive God who wants to punish us is a very common thing amongst many people. It comes out of a lot of other religions as well. And it, but it also comes out of how we sometimes act as Christians with the world, with things we don't like. Well, here Jesus makes these comments. He says, look... You are, I want you to continue on my mission of being, showing and revealing that God is a servant. A servant that wants to bring spiritual cleansing. A servant that wants to bring love and grace. A servant that wants to know people, help people know that they're loved and that God is a God of love. Because near the end of what we heard today, we heard this. A new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now we know what happens next. We know the story of Good Friday and Easter Sunday. But put yourself in those first disciples' 
shoes or sandals. And remember, they didn't know what's going to happen next. But they were given a command to continue loving each other so people can see that God is a God of love. And love is a form of service, isn't it? Now, this can either be a burden for us, and I know some people it can be a huge burden for, because they are more concerned about themselves. But what if we looked at this as a gift? A gift that God has already loved us, and how much God has loved us, and how we can help others know of that love. Isn't that a good way for Jesus to serve the world through people like you and me who he's loved? Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your servant heart that you have revealed to us through Jesus. As we live in this world, help us always remember how much you love us and how what you've done for us. As we prepare for tomorrow and Good Friday, As we read that story, let us keep focused on that this is an act of service, not just for us, but for the entire world. And loving Father, we thank you. We thank you for your loving servant heart. We pray that others may know this love through us, through other Christians, and your word. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.